Lafondra looking to get close side of Fon. Lafondra away from Davis. 3-1 Reading. Three points Reading. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it's going to be a slightly upbeat podcast today. One all draw at Ashton Gates. It's another point closer to safety, as Paul Ince would say. We're going to have like a, a cliche bingo we could easily have with that man, couldn't we? It'd be fantastic. But to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Alex Everson. Yeah, we could uh, we could definitely start ticking those cards off, right? Like the uh, excuses are always there. I'm surprised Pit- Pitch might have come up yesterday. Ramadan came oh, up. There's, there's I was gutted sorts. that didn't come up. I was really surprised by that one. It was, it was, if we would have lost, I would feel that might have come up. Yeah, yeah, potentially if we'd not if we'd not got a point, I think it definitely would have done. Uh, we've also been joined by Andrew. How you doing? I'm all right, and yeah, one point closer to safety, and maybe just maybe Paul Ince did know what he's doing, right? Right? Yeah. Uh, I think you're making reference there to a moment in the second half there with the uh, away and saying you don't know what you're doing, and uh, Paul Ince did mention that after the match, and I think he thoroughly enjoyed bringing that up and having a little dig back, but. Yeah, this is the second time we've attempted to record this and we're not going to go into that again. So the first time was a bit of a nightmare. So let's go into the good, the bad and the injured, Alex. I'm going to start on the good with you. So what are the good points that you would take from yesterday? Mate up front was very good yesterday. Would want him to start every game. To be honest, from now to the end of the season, he he was really good. Energy all over the place. Basically anything that was in any way attacking was either coming through him or uh Cassidy, who was also, especially in the first half, very good as well. Um and then a, a shout out to, to Joe Lumley. Did really good performance, I think, from from Lumley. Um kind of came for every ball and it looked a little bit risky at times, but you know, he did well and, and made some made some big stops. Um and your Bristol as a city, it's quite nice. Got, got to got to give got to give Bristol a bit of praise there. Got to give it a bit of love because uh, you know got a pint in Bristol afterwards, and it's it's a nice a nice place, isn't it? Can't disagree. Love Bristol, and I love all those points. Have you got any more positives there, Andrew? We didn't lose. <laughs> That's as good as you get to, really, isn't it? That is really it. That is a massive positive. But yeah, I, I particularly like pick out two. There was um, a Bristol. Bristol's a great place. Really loved it there. But Joe Lumley, I think, for me, that was one of his best all-round games of the season. I couldn't pick out anything that he did wrong. Um, just really vital moments on one-on-ones. He did well. Took all the crosses. Good decision. Shot stopping. I don't think he'd do anything about the goal. Yeah, really positive. And there was a video of him getting a lot of love on the train back as well, wasn't there, on the socials. So, yeah, it was good to see that because he's had like a rough few seasons before he's come to Reading at different clubs when he hasn't played well, basically. But here, I think he's pretty popular, Andrew. I mean, would you have him in your top three for player of the season? Absolutely. He's been, apart from the obvious games, which we won't mention, overall, he's been a fantastic signing for us. And I think genuinely, we can all look at several games where if Lumley hadn't been between the sticks, that we wouldn't have got quite as many points as we have now and I know it you know we haven't got a massive total of points but definitely he would be in my top three possibly even my top two 
Yeah, no, no, fair enough. I'm, as I put it out yesterday, and love some people replying saying he'd be their player of the season. Maybe some of that is a little bit of a slight on Tom Ince and uh, the way it's dipped off in that game against Hull. But let's not forget Tom Ince has also been fantastic this season as well at a point. So I'm not going like, to start, you know, redressing history. So, Alex, going into the game, we were both a little bit optimistic in the way down there in the car. We were thinking we might be able to pick something up. And for once, we were actually bang on. Yeah, I, I think maybe hopeful. Right. I think it was hope rather than true kind of optimism. Um, Reading have just got a weird, weird thing about them all season, I think, where they, they pick up results where, you know, we've played badly in games previous. Then all of a sudden they don't even play that well. And some for some reason, they suddenly turn around and, and pick up a point. Um, it, it's happened a couple of times this season. And yeah, it. I think we went into the game with a little bit of like optimism, probably because we haven't actually watched them for the last couple of weeks because of the international break, which has helped. So um, it, it felt like there was a chance yesterday. Um, seeing the lineup was gave me, you know, a little bit of a little bit of optimism as well because the midfield three of Hendrik, Cassidy, and Fauna, I think it must be like the ninth or tenth midfield combination that we've tried now this season, and. It, I don't know if it worked perfectly, but it was at least exciting to see Castay get that kind of central role in midfield. Yeah, totally agree. I, I, I totally agree. I, I thought the lineup was, apart from Lucas Jow, who I'd obviously uh, have starting ahead of Carroll, I think apart from that, it was about as good as it could get, Andrew. I mean, yeah, I want to ask you though, Andrew. Bad yep. points today. What what um, bad points do you have? Like, do you think how did how did we do that? What was well like, bad once again? Quite a few still. Yeah, definitely. Once again, I would absolutely say pinball based defending leading to a goal where we're trying to get blocks in and the ball's bouncing around here, there, and everywhere. Uh, I would also throw in the fact that um, you know. Again, yet another team, if they had their shooting boots on, we would have lost that game, easily would have lost that game. Um, and relying on the linesman's flag to not concede is not going to necessarily be a tactic that's going to win you many points throughout a season. So those would be my three bad things. Yeah, gonna... uh, there's uh, more though, isn't there, Alex, as well? Probably yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to add in one. I sure that some people will think that I'm banging on about this because I've mentioned it 90 million times or something but Andy Carroll was bad yesterday like I don't I know he got an assist but he is genuinely a detriment to the team at this point I think in open play well he's been a detriment most of the season in open play but I don't think he's really adding that much even at set pieces I know he got an assist yesterday but it was from a free header I think it's you know, if we'd had a different strike partnership up front, especially in the first half yesterday, the result would have would and could have been different. Um, and that has really frustrated me. Ince's substitutions, again, just, I don't understand them. Like, we're, I know we're chasing the game and he brings on an attacking wing back for Guinness Walker, which sort of makes sense. But then Carroll's left on up front alongside Lucas Zhao and you push Mate, who has been your best player in the match up to that point, and you push him out wide. I, it's the substitutions again, they just don't they don't make sense in in what's what's happening, I think. And I know Ince tried to address it afterwards, but 
yeah, I, I, I don't understand them. I, I just think it's another another example of instant substitutions just being a bit confusing and, and not really not really necessarily working logically. Logical pull-ins. That is a sentence that is very rarely kind of used, isn't it, really? But um, on the bad list as well, Alex, I'm amazed Jeff brought up those pre-match burgers that you and Matt had because they looked, they were offensive. Awful. Actually, they, they, they t- it tasted okay, I'll, you know, a bit of credit, but, like, value for money was dreadful. And, like, you know, you get onions in a burger at the football, I would expect them to, A, be fried. Raw onions is a dreadful, like, dreadful addition to a burger. And it just, yeah, just not for it. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. Ne- needs improvement. Nothing on blue collar. <laughs> yeah, well, of course, of course. The holy grail, that is blue collar. So let's get into the match then, Andrew. The game started off from Bristol City straight away. We're going down their right-hand side, getting down the sides of us repeatedly. This continued for 90 minutes, basically. Nothing seemed to change. We just decided this was how it was going to be. We were just going to continue to let this happen. But how many chances did Bristol City actually have from those crosses? Uh, well, that was the thing. They, did, I wouldn't say they had that many. I mean, I, I, I couldn't necessarily count them. But there weren't that many. And again, kind of like the point that we got was more because Bristol City couldn't finish off the excellent work they were doing rather than because we fought back. We had really that one chance, didn't we, that ultimately got us the uh, equaliser. But as I said earlier, if Bristol City had been able to find the target, they'd have been two, three, four ahead before we'd even had that opportunity. And it's just, we've talked about this before, but we set up not to lose but then allow loads and loads of space and give them every opportunity to make sure that they've scored at least a goal it, it i just don't understand i guess what they're planning to do is try and stay compact in the box give the space outside and think that we're you know a big team i mean it hasn't worked um we did have a golden chance in the first half after about 20 minutes from yaku mate though alex when really if his foot hadn't given way He's probably a goal, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, the the ball gets played over the top from from Fauna, and it's a it's a pretty good pick out from Fauna. We finally see a Reading player use a bit of pace to get in behind the defence, and uh, yeah, Mate's right foot, his standing foot, just completely gives way underneath him. And you know, shout out for another bad thing yesterday. The pitch was absolutely awful. Um, not only was it wet and slippy because of all the rain which had happened over the past 24 hours before the match but it was covered in in just divots everywhere from where the rugby's been on lines everywhere from the rugby it it wouldn't have looked out of place at prospect park i don't think um but yeah mate's chance i mean i it's one of those chances where i think if he if he hits it i think he scores because it's it's one of those instinctive mate chances where he does better when he doesn't have to think about it. And unfortunately, because of his foot, you know, slipping underneath him, he just completely air, air kicks it and it kind of goes harmlessly through to the keeper. Yeah. And I mean, he also has another chance later on when he does go around the keeper, gets a good shot in. But before that, there's also a good interception and a one-on-one from Joe Lumley, who, yeah, I think he's uh, had a really good game yesterday, as we mentioned uh, earlier. And 
it kind of like doesn't get mentioned enough how many times he keeps on doing this. I mean, he's had some poor games, but yeah, respect to him, Andrew. And Yaku Mate, that chance when he goes round the goalkeeper, hits the shot, plenty of power in it. But where are all the other Reading players? There's absolutely no one there for him to pass to. Yeah, I think they're keeping it tight in our own box to make sure we're defending the space, to be honest. Uh, Mate does absolutely everything right on that one. Gets on the end of the ball, gets it round the keeper. He has to hit it from there because, if you, as you've mentioned, Paul, there isn't a single Reading player in the same postcode um, for him to be able to use. So he has to shoot. And there are about five or six different uh, City players in and around. It's the only thing he can do. And uh, as we mentioned off air before we started, that... Uh, Carroll finally appears just as the ball's gone out for a corner in the very, very top of the screen. So it just shows how far away everybody else is, but also how important Mate's pace could be to us in the running. It frustrated me so much, this chance, because of the fact that we you're, you're playing a counter-attacking style of football with not with no pace. What's the, what's the point? Um, Mate, as, as Andrew said, Mate's done everything he can do here to try and create a goal scoring opportunity he gets a shot away which looks like it's uh going to be on target but because there's no other reading player there he's got to do everything himself which is you know it's not going to work you you need another player up there who who's able to counter attack with with mate i mean it it comes across uh, the chance comes around really quickly because of the way that we've defended it from our own box but uh yeah really frustrating to see the fact that you know you've got your main striker on the field and he's 35 yards behind the chance when it actually takes place. Which kind of like sums up us at the moment, doesn't it? It is the striker and then there's the rest of the team, isn't there? Um, it is a really, um, it's a tough job for them, but we think we're going to get to half time. We think we've got there. We've kind of like somehow, I mean, we've obviously had a couple of chances, but it's been mainly Bristol City. You'd be disappointed if you're them and you haven't scored at least one in that first half. They also had the opportunity from a corner when they got a couple of shots in. But Conway then gets the goal. They're two minutes into injury time. Yeah, again, so much space down our left-hand side. Crosses the ball in. It comes off loom and then it deflects into the path of Conway. It wasn't, it just it wasn't Loom, was it? Loom wasn't playing. I don't know who it came off, but... Wasn't he? Oh, my God. It was Saar, wasn't it? He was, was Saar. Oh, my God. I had too much cider yesterday. That's what it was. <laughs> it's just like... It's, yeah. the, the space on the left-hand side is very frustrating um, because I think it's a very easy one for people who are listening to, to think, oh, space on the left-hand side, where's Guinness Walker? But I think, actually, what Guinness Walker's done was correct. He's followed the man who's taken the ball inside um, as the as the Bristol City player is running side with the ball at the edge of the area, he's followed the man in, but the the crosser, the the guy who actually puts the cross in eventually, there hasn't been anybody who's followed him or gone out wide to go and to go and mark the the guy who's got all the space to cross the ball in. Um, I, I imagine it was probably Fauna's job to pick him up, but I don't. You can't really tell because he's got so much space by the time he actually the ball comes back out to him. That there's no one, there's no Reading player even close to him. No, no, and like we said earlier, there was no chance for uh, Lumley to start that one. So you can see how much they deflated the team. We're going in at one nil. The away end is flat. It's not great at all. I mean, Andrew, what were your mood 
at that moment? Because you've got to be feeling there's another defeat on the way here. It was just the inevitability of it. We've been hanging on and hanging on, and it was like, whatever we do, we mustn't concede just before, oh, we have. And, you know, you, you just know it's coming. And the question is, we cannot lose this game, but where's the goal coming from? At that point in time, we were all thinking, where on earth are we going to score from? Where on earth are we going to get the opportunity to get a point at, at most out of this game? And the number of times that has happened, you just think, oh, I'm just fed up with it. Yeah, I think we're all fed up with it, Andrew. I think we've all like reached a tipping point there. And the YM was not a little, it was just beginning to turn a bit toxic in the second half. But Alex, there really wasn't much happening in the first 20 minutes or so of that second half. Or have I like totally blanked it all out? It just kind of Bristol City mainly, but it was, one of, those, it was one of those halves which kind of sums up Paul Lentz football, really. We're behind and we just don't do anything. Um, it felt less creative than the first half, and the first half wasn't particularly creative, like as you can tell from the amount of chances that we've just gone through for Reading. Um, I think we had one shot from outside the area just after the restart, which went kind of a couple of yards wide. And apart from that, I genuinely I can't remember a chance that we had um, really up until the goal. I think we had a set piece maybe, but the header was kind of like looped upwards and we didn't, it, I mean, it wasn't a chance or a, goal, a shot or anything like that. And it's, yeah, it just felt so kind of synonymous with, with what Paul Lintz football's become, um, which is just kind of dour, dour attacking football. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's got so bad. I'm actually thinking players are players when they're not now. Um, it's, it's, it's not a good sign, is it? It's not a positive, uh, situation when that kind of thing happens so we make the substitution which then went down incredibly badly in the uh away end which was a real toxic moment there definitely a lot of anger building and you feel if that goal from lucas jow hadn't come in the 72nd minute from one of those substitutes crosses kind of indirectly aziz gets the free kick in then carol gets his header across to lucas jow and okay it is a pretty simple header, Andrew, but, you know, strikers have missed these before. Yeah, they have. And, you know, it just shows the importance of having someone like Zhao in the team. And, you know, looking forward to next year, whichever division we're in, we're unlikely to have uh, a striker who is as deadly as he is in those kind of positions. Although, big shout out to the Bristol City defence for allowing the best header of the ball on the pitch, that much space to get a header. I mean, it's ridiculous. As Alex said earlier, it's one of the few things that he did. But if you're going to give someone who's played international football, played in the Premier League and so on and so on, that much space to direct a header, he's going to put it somewhere dangerous. I think Tom Holmes just blocks off the Bristol City defender for a split second before. They they did. Reading tried exactly the same free kick about... 10 minutes before they scored the goal. It was exactly the same move. Tom Holmes and Andy Carroll stood at the back post together and, and Andy Carroll got a free header. Um, I'm amazed that Bristol City didn't manage to, you know, adapt to that free kick. Um, yeah, it's... Zhao's goal is one of the most frustrating goals to see because it, it, it just proves the point that you should play your best players. 
play your best players and you'll pick up more points. I just, it's so frustrating to watch like our best players who don't play games. Why, like, why is that, a, why is that a thing? Um, we're going to end up with, you know, what, seven games to go. We're going to end up in a relegation battle, presumably. And we all are going to go to or watch the game on, on Friday and Easter Monday. And no one really knows if Lucas Schell is going to start, despite the fact that we all know that actually we probably have a better chance to win if Lucas Schell's on the field, which just seems ludicrous. Yeah, well, logic, Paul Ince. Uh, yeah, go on, Andrew. I was just going to say, I know uh, at the start of the season, uh, when I was on for Sheffield United, I did mention that I was one of the people who thought Xiao should have gone uh, to make a bit of money. But obviously, after what happened yesterday, I fully retract that statement. It was vitally important that he stay because that goal might keep us up. Yeah, Let, let's not start on like comments that we've all made on this podcast that actually we really wish we hadn't made because they were renting a very dangerous world there for everyone who's been on. Uh, yeah, that could be tricky. Someone asked us a question here. Tyler asked her, what does Aziz have to do to start regularly? Alex, what do you think? Do you think he should be in the starting lineup? I don't know where he fits is part of the problem. Um, like I... I... I kind of get Tyler's question about the fact that Aziz probably should start because when he's on the field, we do look more dangerous. But I also don't know where he fits into the team particularly because of the style that or the system that we play with with only three midfielders and and two strikers. It doesn't. I don't just. Don't, I'm not sure where he would actually start unless he's going to get starts as a left wing back. And I I don't see Paul Ince being adventurous enough in his selection choices to select a an attack like such an attacking wing back at left wing back for the start of games um you know the only other option for Aziz is to become a you know a striker who's 10 years older and then he might be getting some starts other than that I don't think he will this season or he could become a centre-back because surely if he became a centre-back he'd definitely be in the team every week yeah, that's about right. I think so. I think it probably would be. Uh, it's a remarkable... Um, uh, it's almost like, yeah, because we seem to have a whole ring of these managers now. Mark Bowen, that game, I think, at Charlton, where we had something like four or five fullbacks on the pitch. I think we ended with three left-backs, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. There's something about the mentality around the club, isn't there? It clearly contagious as soon as you come in you're like i must have about nine defenders on the pitch at all times even in midfield doesn't matter you know what that is that is so kind of like it just highlights the the point of so many of our managers over the last what four or five seasons that they don't play to win games hmm. they don't play to win games they all play to not lose before they try and play to win games because they're all more worried about losing the game than they are about going out and winning the game, firstly. Do you think it's all because they're also worried about losing their job as well? Yeah, because there's no long-term plan, is there? So they have to continuously come in and fire, fire, you know, for the, you know, thinking from their side. Yeah, I mean, potentially. But also that's, you know, as we were discussing off-air beforehand, look at the games that we've played in the last few weeks. We've played... Um, Hull, Bristol, and somebody else who we drew against, but I cannot remember. Oh, Hull and Bristol, and then we've got two points out of them. If we draw against Birmingham on Friday, as an example, we'll have picked up three points. 
But actually, if you just won one of those games, you'd be in the same position anyway. It, like it's, you don't need to be going out and trying to draw games because you can actually pick up a win in another game and it's going to give you the same amount of points. It, I, I think you're right. I think it is to do with the, um, to do with the, the fact that managers are trying to keep their jobs firstly, but it's, it makes for such a kind of pressurised situation all the time. Yeah, totally. As a fan, it's not enjoyable. Uh, there's, there's, you can't say in any way. The only enjoyable thing is at the end of the season when we've stayed up, but the rest of it's a, it's a chore, isn't it? Most of it. Um, yeah, which isn't great. Last few minutes were horrible, Andrew. Um, I just felt it was inevitable that Bristol City were going to score. They hit the woodwork really late on, but thankfully that just didn't happen. They didn't have that one massive chance that went in. So thank God for that. That's what I say. Yeah, and I think the thing is that we were all absolutely, you know, convinced we were going to lose because we've seen it so many times before. Uh, for me, it very much reminded me of that game uh, up against Sunderland where uh, when that goal went in, that was it. We knew we'd lost and it was like that. We knew if there was any slip up or City managed to create that one chance, it would go in and we'd be done. We It would be over and it would be another point lost. And again, it was the fact that we didn't really uh, try and get anything more than that point. Everything that Alex has just said, didn't try and get anything more than that point and we were camped inside our own box for most of those last five minutes. Yeah, we definitely. It definitely felt they were like they were far more likely to score. But there was one absolutely huge chance right at the end, possibly when Aziz... Okay, I don't think this is a good pass to Lucas Jow at all, Alex, but what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, so we've got a three-on-one with, what, 25 seconds to go? A briefer wins the ball on the edge of our own area from the Bristol City corner. Uh, breaks with Aziz. Uh, he's kind of running alongside Aziz and Lucas Jow ahead of them. And Aziz plays the ball through to, to Lucas Jow just as they go past the halfway line. The pass into the pass into Lucas Chow is, is not great. Uh, he hasn't played in, in front of Chow. He hasn't played into stride. I mean, the, the pitch, finally, we can use this as an excuse. The pitch wasn't good, and it definitely does bobble up in, into Lucas Chow's path as well. Um, Chow hasn't done a great job either, because, you know, ultimately he, he miscontrols the ball and the Bristol City player wins it back very easily. But to be three on one... And to not even, you know, we didn't even get into their final third. And we've got 20 seconds to win the game. It's just disappointing. Like it's, it's it's just so frustrating to sit there and, and watch us have a, a counter-attack with 20 seconds left of the game. And we don't even make it into the final third, let alone, you know, get a shot away. Um, it, it just highlights kind of how poor we are as a team as well. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing about it is the fact that you take that, you take the free kick at the end of the whole game, and that could be six points that we had instead of two. Now, I'm not saying that we would have scored yesterday or the free kick against Hull wouldn't necessarily scored, but in both of those situations, we did not take the chance. And that's just symptomatic of everything we've discussed so far today, that we're just not taking uh, enough risks and not taking enough chances to get ourselves the points we need to stay in this division. 
Yeah, I think I'm just about recovering from the therapy from the whole city one when we went backwards and instead uh, <laughs> of putting in the box in the last seconds. That was just, uh, yeah, I'd almost forgotten that. So I'm, I'm really pleased that you brought that one up, Andrew. Thank you for that. Um, uh, so, yeah, thank you. Uh, so uh, we've got the game coming up against Birmingham City on Friday because it's uh, Easter World coming up. That is such a monumentally important game now. We have to win their game. We've been here before. I said exactly the same before, Hull City. I didn't feel yesterday was the game that was a must win. Obviously, I'd love to have won, but I just didn't think it was that likely in a way game. We just don't do it, Alex. So what is your prediction for Birmingham City? And will Lucas Jow finally start a game? And will Carroll start? We all know he will, but I'm just going to ask you the question. Uh, okay, I'll answer your questions backwards. Carol will start getting 90 minutes. Lucas Yao won't start and will come on with 20 minutes to go, probably for Yakimate. And Reading will draw against Birmingham 1 1 and will all come home, be feel very negative about it um, because of the fact that Blackpool and Cardiff are playing against each other and one of them is going to have got closer to us by the end of Friday. Yeah, so that's another upbeat ending, <laughs> isn't it? Andrew, what are you going to say? What's your prediction? Um, my prediction is that we'll play 4-3-3. We'll have Mate, Carroll and Joe up front and we'll win 5-0. Only joking, of course. It's going to be one all. Um, we'll probably score a scrappy goal like we did uh, against Bristol City. And basically, I think the fact is that we could have got five, seven points out of the three games and I think we'll have end up with three and it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the problem is yesterday, one of the major issues we had was the fact that Huddersfield are suddenly found two wins, haven't they? They've got the win against Millwall last week and now they've got the one yesterday against Middlesbrough. I mean, Alex, that's just affected the mood of everyone, hasn't it? It's like an annoying little like flea, isn't it? Like a wasp or a bee, which just flies around all the time. You just kind of try to swat him away all the time. That's um, Neil Warnick, though, isn't it? Basically, that's what I'm describing, uh, I'm describing here. You know, he just won't go away. Just, just go. No, we don't want you here. No one else. Everyone else in football loves him, but like, just go away. Just stop winning. Um, because I think the mood would be so different if Middlesbrough had maybe done, you know, what we all expected them to, and actually beaten Huddersfield yesterday. The mood would probably be quite different. I think if we'd picked up a point and they'd lost, but. Because they've got closer to us, um, you know, and the mood is very, very negative, isn't it? Uh, at least on the upside, it did feel like the most of the other results kind of went our way, though, really. Cardiff obviously losing in the last minute, which was very, very funny, I must say, uh, in, in their derby game. And then QPR losing as well to Wigan. It, it seems to be a good result for us. And Blackpool look absolutely hopeless and lost in their game as well. So feels like most of the results kind of went our way. Um, but that Huddersfield one really kind of puts a bit of a downer on it. I think we should all put money on the fact Huddersfield will be safe by the time we pay them in the final game of the season because that would just be such a Warnock thing to do. Um, in terms of the other results, like Alex said, yeah, actually, it kind of worked out okay for us. And really, you'd say probably Blackpool and Wigan probably going to go. And then it's between Cardiff, QPR and ourselves, I would say, possibly Rotherham, uh, for that final place. And hopefully it's not us. 
Let's hope so. I mean, QPR, they are crashing. Was that eight defeats out of the last nine? They are really massively in free fall. And um, the video of the, the QPR player at full time yesterday, I don't know how many people will have seen it, but there's a there's a video of the QPR fans berating one of the QPR players who decided to, that he snapped and he had to go back at them at full time yesterday. And the mood at QPR must be absolutely just in the in the mud. We know how that is. We we are only too familiar with that mood and situation. So thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed this uh, podcast, enjoyed it, enjoyed it, uh, whatever you think, got through it. I don't know. It's another Reading FC podcast, isn't it, that we've banged out. So if you do enjoy it in any way or form, give us a rating on Apple or Spotify. (sighs) I'm going to say that we're going to win next Friday against Birmingham. In my heart, I don't believe it, but I want to end it on a positive. So cheers. Up the fucking day, gang.